Yo, welcome back to another episode of the 64 Worms Club podcast. Myself, Corey, aka Storm, on hosting duties this week. I'm joined by Sis, aka Jack Moore. Say it. And I'm joined by Will, aka Fats. Yo, how are you doing? Sorry, Fats got a mouthful of food. <laughs> he's prepared for this. He's not like he's had all night. He's prepared for this. Oh, now's everyone's weekend's been chaps. Good mate, good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'll be honest with you, mate. It is chilly in Manchester. Yeah, at the minute. I've been holding it down in Bolton, mate. It's fucking freezing. Nash, isn't it? I'm running these ends now. Though they call me Daddy, Daddy McGuinness, around here now. Not, not that paddy shite. <laughs> it's been another lovely, lovely weekend of football. Uh, and we're going to bring you some of the some of the important games that we've had throughout the weekend. Uh, we would thought we'd start though by saying rest in peace, Maradona. Uh, I think every football fan knows how what he brought to the game and how important it was for people growing up. And he's going to be a massive miss, absolute legend. Just packing lines and shagging nines, basically. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that second goal that he scored against us, 86 World Cup, will forever go down as the best international goal ever. Um, unbelievable. Un- un- unbelievable world star. I never even realised that that goal also, he didn't ever touch the ball with his right foot or with his left. I think mm-hmm. so as well with that goal. Um, that pitch looked ridiculously fucking shit. Mm. Yeah, ball no. control it would have had for that bobbly pitch and you know I've seen a compilation the other day because obviously he died of his of his tournament that 86 tournament there's like a compilation video of his goals and assists that tournament and he ran the show um, as well that, that game with England at the time was a big grudge match you got to think it was just following the Falklands war in Argentina where we went over and just took some land off him so Especially in, in, in Argentina, that, that was a big grudge match for them. So, um, I think not everyone in, in England, mainly England, are going to see him as a hero that he was because you do get a lot of people that are bitter over that, that result, even now. Um, but, you know, it's quite clear to say that he is, you know, if not the greatest of all time, at least very much close in the conversation for... Oh, 100%. And I think that ties into we thought about another L of the week. The L of the week. Do you want to do the L of the week that's this week, or do you want to announce the last week's L of the week now? Uh, well, basically, so last week we couldn't choose one. Um, we ran a poll out of three, and they were very good yeah, choices. We, we gave some options to to the people that watch our program. Well, the podcast listen to it. Um, and we had the three options where we had Barcelona, obviously, have been disastrous. Um, apart from this weekend, which Messi celebrated for Maradona's death as well, by the way. We had a card for that, by the way, yeah. as well, which I found absolutely outrageous. And, um, and then the second one we chose was Fulham's penalty woes. Now, funnily enough, they've scored one today. Yeah, I'm not being funny, Fett, but what, what I wanted to mention is that, you know, out of the three uh, nominees for L of the Week that we had last week, one were Barcelona, and they bounced back. They listened to the pod, mate. They bounced back. They bounced back. All of a sudden, Fulham bagged a pen. They bounced back. But you know what I mean? I've always seen those as game changers more. I'm just glad that other people are seeing that as well. Mate, uh, all they have to do is reach out on Twitter once in a while, though. You say, cheers, boys, isn't it? <laughs> and then the third one, which was the overall winner, was the MLS final 
final, sorry, the MLS uh, penalty kick, which was, I mean, what was it? No one, no one actually knows what that was. Although we did agree that we actually want to see more penalty shootouts like that. Um, what I would say is, um, obviously, we put it to a poll last week. We've got one we're going to bring to you this week. But what I would say is, if, if anyone sees anything joke, sees anything where anyone's fucked up, and you want to just say what the hell is, do you know what? Just tweet us at 64 Worms. Um, hold this L. Hashtag hold this L. Yeah. In there. And um, yeah, if there's any fat L's there, we always like to have a laugh at them. So do love a fat L. Well, speaking of fat L's. We should, yeah, probably, we should probably yeah. just get out the, the main L of the week this week. I mean, we, we, yeah, we, thought, we thought about running another poll on it, but we think this one's pretty pretty set in stone. It's pretty standout, mate. It's pretty, pretty standout. It's pretty standout, and it's, um, it's Peter Shilton. Yeah, fuck Peter Shilton. And uh, Gazza basically ended his career. Well, well, I think what, what you probably noticed is that... Um, as Gaza said, Diego Maradona made his career, right? And Gaza ended it on one Good Morning Britain interview. It was absolutely outstanding. God bless him, Peter Shilton. God bless. God, uh, God bless. God, God bless poor Gascoigne. He's probably England's, England's closest asset to Maradona as well on the subject. My, my thing with Peter Shilton and why he deserves it is the term rent free is thrown around a lot um, <laughs> on Twitter. I mean, I've probably said it a few times about, you know, Pep and Klopp and all this sort of stuff. And this phrase is, is thrown around a lot. But to be that much rent-free in someone's head that when they've actually passed away, your first interview is to say how he was a great player but a terrible sportsman. And to dig a guy out, a legend of the sport, a day after his death is nothing short of despicable. And the fact that Gaza went on there and absolutely bodied him on live TV, and uh, we will post the still of, of Shilton's face because he's a fucking bellend. Um, you know what? If he was any good in there, he would have outjumped Maradona anyway. He's about fucking five foot taller than him. So there you go, Peter Shilton. Take your fat out of the week and fuck yeah. off. Uh, well done, well done, Pete. Well done, Joe. Round of applause, Pete. What a dub, mate. What a dub. What a dub. Well, yeah. Anyway. Moving on from that, we well, we've got to get into the running games, I suppose. That's what we're here for. Um, do you want me to go through the running order, or do you want to hit yeah, us with a running order, let's, mate? Let's go it's through the, the running, running order. order. Okay, so what we've got wrote down here is goes from bad to worse for Unai Arteta as Arsenal lose two one at home to Wolves. Unai Arteta, you know, an added time winner for United as a comeback from two 0 down to win three two at the St Mary's. City finally firing on all cylinders, which is, I think, questionable. I don't know who wrote this. As they hit five past Burnley. It's actually Pep himself who wrote this. <laughs> then we'll hit a break. Paul has as, the same amount of hair as Pep. Yeah, as, as per, we'll hit a break. And then uh, Brighton snatch a point against the champions in the 1-1 early kickoff. Leeds earn a very well-fought uh, win, more like, should I say, against Everton with a 1-0. Uh, and... I don't know why this is before the Chelsea game, but Chelsea and Spurs play out a snooze fest. You know why that was last. Yeah. You, you know, you know. I know but, and then, we'll, last off, we'll touch on, it's getting sticky for Sheffield United as they lost against West Brom, who are probably the main rivals at the minute. And, yeah, that's how it's going to go. So, let's get into the Arsenal game. Now, I watched the Arsenal game with uh, my girlfriend, Libé. Shout out, Libé. Shout out. 
Um, every time I looked at her, she just turned to look at me and said, God, we're so shit. Uh, she's, an, she's an Arsenal fan, by the way. She's an Arsenal fan. Yeah, the thing, is, the thing is with Libby is Libby loves Arsenal, right? And I know, I know Libby, and she will defend Arsenal to the absolute death. Yeah, she will. She will. She, she's one of the very few females that I actually, in my friend group that enjoy football. But she she will defend Arsenal to the very hilt. Now the fact that you know Libby's looking around to you and saying we're absolutely shit is 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 saying a lot. Um, I thought it was another absolutely hopeless performance. Oh God, it was absolutely it was diabolical from Arsenal. I mean, do you know from the way that Wolves just every single time on the break, Pedro Neto was absolutely tearing up that left-hand side against Bellerin. Bellerin, Paul said last night, Bellerin has to be probably the worst right-back in the league. What does he, what does he do at right-back? I mean, it's criminal to let, that many, to let that many balls go past you and let attacking players come through and just take the ball I mean, it's so stressful watching him. What I'm, um, what I'm going to do at some point this week, I've not decided when, but at some point this week, I'm going to go through all of Piers Morgan's tweets where he was praying about pr- praying for Aubameyang to sign his new contract, right? And I'm just going to bring them all back to the public eye because that man has got that club on strings. Aubameyang out. What he's managed to do is nothing short of miraculous. You know, he gets to within, what, two or three months of needing a new deal, bags five or six goals over the course of two or three months, all of a sudden he's Mr. I am, Mr. Arsenal, giving it the big one. The, the people getting his name tattooed on the back. He gets his 300 bags a week and he's fucking vanished. And I love to see it. It's absolutely incredible what he's done. Well, the thing is, I mean, we, I think we mentioned it. We may mention it our pod, it may be before the pod. I don't know, because we obviously we only brought the pod in the first week of the season or the week before. Um, but obviously, when the lockdown was happening, there was a lot of furloughing going off, footballing, a lot of football fans, fur- uh, football teams furloughing, which admittedly so got a lot of bad press and, and rightfully so. Now, Arsenal sacked 54 members of their team, not the team, sorry, the club. 54 hardworking members of the club. Now, you know, the Gunnosaurus memes were funny, right? But there were some people in that club that had been there years and they'd been let go. 20 years. Including Gunnosaurus. He'd been there 20 years. You know? Yeah, 20, and, I know, man. And, and you know, they've, they've, they've let go 54 people to get <laughs> parties out till January and Aubameyang 350 grand a week. Now, Aubameyang's had four shots on target. So... Make of that what you will. I mean, you know, we should also mention, uh, we hope that Raul Jimenez has a speedy recovery. Oh, yeah. yeah, mate, that was, it was awful to see. It was even worse to listen I mean, to. It was outrageous, right? Yeah, Gook put in the chat, like, I did exactly the same thing as Gook. I, looked at, I was looking down at my phone, and then I just heard this noise, and Libby went, oh, my God, and I looked up, and they were just both out on the floor. Um, why they let David Luiz continue, I have no idea. That's embarrassing, yeah. It, it was absolutely crazy. I mean... He was it said, dripping. He said he came off at, it came off at half-time because he was uncomfortable and he couldn't add the ball, but he was still, like, people, the balls were firing crosses into the box and he's heading them away. And every time he did it, I was wincing, like, there's no way that you should be still on the pitch after that. His bandage was absolutely covered in blood. That's, that's the thing, I mean, he was actually, it was actually dripping from the bandage into his eyebrow, which yeah. 
which probably was impeding his vision also. But, you know, he was, he was probably heavily concussed. I, I doubt he would have had all his faculties there. But one thing I would say about Raul Jimenez, it's come out today that apparently he's fractured his skull. Yeah. Um, so how long he'd be out, who knows? He might have to wear a skull cap. Uh, it, it, well, it ended Ryan Mason's career the exactly the same injury. It could, could really, be, it really could actually finish him because of how it. because of how much of his games with his head as well. Yeah, um, it's it's really not, not even not even if he's like physically fine and good to go. There's a massive mental thing there as well that he'll yeah. struggle with. You know, jumping up for a header, you maybe don't jump as far, maybe you don't jump as hard, maybe you don't go for the ball in the same way that you would do. You start to sort of second guess yourself. Yeah, um, well. It's tough. I think, I think one thing that I would say is I do think that Wolves um, did very, very well to recover from that. Because, you know, sometimes when you see that happen to a teammate, it can really affect them mentally. I think it can go one of two ways. You can either physically or well, mentally crumble at the sort of thought of seeing your player, one of your teammates get just bodied. Um, or you can, you know, like what, what seemed to happen last night, they seemed to raise the game. Yeah, I think um, what I got from that was sort of maybe they thought, right, this is for this is for Raul. We're going to make sure that he wakes up and he knows that we won this game for him. So that's what I mean. Yeah, um, but like you say, I mean, Pedence, you know, and and Neto were, were outrageous. Pedence was goal. I mean, to take to receive the ball in that area and chip it over a defender that's sliding in and finish it. It's not. It's not an easy task, and I mean, he made it look fucking. He made it look ridiculous. It looks mm. So easy. Oh, he's been such so a great player for them this season. I know George was got, was probably the first person to latch onto him and say he'll have a good season, and I don't think anyone estimated how good he'd actually be because he's, he was brilliant last night. That the the overlap of Neto, I'm not too sure about this Fabian Silva, the record signing Fabio Silva, whatever his name is. Very young. He's very, he's very, very young. 17, and I know he's their record signing, so I'm not going to touch too much on him. But I mean, he made some good like darting runs in that. But I don't know whether 40 million pound record signing was a bit of a warranted, um, warranted thing. Also, one, one thing I'd say, I know we, we've we've praised him quite a lot on this on this show actually. But um, for the second goal, that was an awful save by Burnt Lano. Oh God, it was terrible. They. Um, He's, he's pushed it right into the danger zone. And granted, Podence has reacted probably the absolute best he could have done and, and a really silky finish. But as a goalkeeper, to be, oh, God, what's going on in this heaven? What's going on here? Sorry, man, I was just seeing the, the Leicester-Fulham game and Leicester just dribbling the ball in the six-yard box. I don't know why that's happening. Um, but, but, yeah, I think that when it comes to Arsenal, I mean, we just need to... You know, what's the? There's so many problems with Arsenal. Where where are they even going to get points from? Well, I think the um, the biggest thing for me watching Arsenal, you know, um, was it last week or week before? uh, People were um, were getting really, really like Arsenal fans were getting really hyped up over Tierney and his reaction to uh, to the end of the game and stuff, and how you could tell he was disappointed to not get the result they wanted. People calling for him to be captain. Um, he showed exactly why he's not captain. He's piss poor. He's, he lacks discipline. He can't tackle. He's caught out of position all the time. He's not good. And he's not going to get Arsenal to where they want to be. They might think he is, and they might really want him to be, and I'm sure that they do. But he's not it. 
the same, but you can say the same about you know seven or eight players on the pitch for them. Apart from Saka, I can't see where they get where the goals come from, and unless Leno has a ten out of ten, I can't see how they keep clean sheets. I just can't. But the the thing they're screaming that their defence has been sorted, but even like even Gabriel, I know Gabriel scored, and it was Gabriel's goal was good. Maybe Wolves should have probably prevented it, but it was still a good goal for a centre back. But he was still poor. He just, I think, I don't know. I think the way that Wolves not ran the show because Wolves made it hard for themselves in the second half a little bit by letting Arsenal try and come on to them. But they just, they just seem to get stretched so easily. Like I don't know why. It's just really disinterested defending last night. Mm. The thing is, though, obviously, you know, Wolves was a big win for them. I'm just looking at the, the table now. That that pushed them up to seventh, I believe, sixth place. Sixth place, uh, yeah. A point off the top four. Um, interestingly enough, somehow Everton are still a put two points off the top four. I mean, we'll get to them later, but um, looking at Arsenal's fixtures, because what I always like to do, don't know who else is the same, but I like looking at the, the teams coming up. Uh, and obviously, with, when someone's in bad form like Arsenal, where are the points going to come from? Uh, we did it with United a few times, but you know, where are Arsenal's points going to come from? Um, the next six league games are Spurs away, uh, Burnley at home. Southampton at home, Everton away, Chelsea at home, and Brighton away. Now, the way they're playing at the moment, they might not get anything. But it's it's interesting to see. I mean, what it's the first, the worst league start since the eighties. Yo, if they get no points from these games, mate, they're fucking relegation screw. Things are fun. Fulham and West Brom won this weekend. They might have trouble. You know what I mean? So yeah, this is what I mean. Um, I mean, I was, I was, I labelled the question here. I think before we move on, I'd be interested to know what your two's answers are on this because Arteta, great honeymoon period. I think we all, you know, they won the FA Cup. Um, you know, I know that's everyone makes a joke about oh, it's the Arsenal trophy, but they've won a trophy. You know. Some teams haven't won a trophy in the past few years. We did it on uh, purpose just to let them believe. Or, or they've got, you know, the worst start since the 80s with 10 games in and they've lost half of them. Um, with this form, how long does it, does it continue before Arteta starts to go? Well, see, my point is they've gone, they have actually gone backwards. And people will argue the toss, say, no, no, we haven't. We've got better. We're better defensively and all this. But they've, they've gone backwards. I don't care what anyone says. Arsenal have gone backwards under Arteta. At least with Emery. I mean, I know that Arteta could probably go out and be like, right, we're going to go play attacking, expansive football. And they, they might go, say if they did it against Burnley, they've got to try something against a team like that. So it's like, come out and play expansive attacking football instead of just trying to defend and get a 1-0. Arteta actually took to, like, went to teams and sort of tried, tried to actually beat them. Yeah. Regardless of how many goals they conceded. Because if under Emery, at some stages in the season, you'd think if they went down at half-time half 2-1, you'd think, oh, Arsenal could come back and do this. Whereas now, when they went down 2-1 to Wolves, I turned to Libby and says, there's no way that you're winning this game. Not, not a hundred, No way. You're even lucky to get a goal. The way that you're playing, which is, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, I won't say it's a shame. Obviously, it's a shame for Arsenal fans because they're absolutely hating life. But 
I just can't see how they're going to make it any better without making some substantial signings. But they never do make substantial signings. They've already signed Part A, who's out till January. I mean, he's a big use for him. Pardon? How long does he last on this? At this current rate, you know, with the game coming up, how long does he last? A month, max. If if he don't get any, if he gets some bad results in a month. No, I I think they've um I think they're too heavily invested in Arteta. Um, given, given that, given that, how reluctant they are to shell out big money on anything, especially when they don't feel like they have to. I, I mean, I think they understand they're not going to get top four, um, and I think a lot of clubs understand that they're probably not going to get top four. Um, I think what they're looking towards doing um, is trying to set something up for down the line when your peps and your clops piss off somewhere else or retire or whatever. I think that's what a lot of clubs are doing. In fact, now. I think Arsenal would not be happy about where they are and they would be quite surprised about how far how far down the table that they are. But I don't think you're going to see panic stations from them at all. Uh, I think they're going to be quite quite regular, quite normal, um, nothing overdramatic about them. I think you'll just see the same old shite and then maybe they'll win three or four on the bounce. It'll get them back into some sort of relevancy. Um, but I don't think you're going to see panic stations from them whatsoever. No. No, I, I, I think honestly, I think because they've had such a, a term, uh, oh, such, such kind of, you know, managers have come and gone since Wenger. I mean, Emery didn't last that long. Uh, Arteta's got, not even been in the job a year. I mean, Arteta was actually sacked a year ago yesterday. Emery. So, Emery, sorry, yeah, he was he was sacked like a year ago yesterday. So. I don't, I don't see them moving, especially like I said. I think the FA Cup has bought him some time. I do believe that, because um, at the end of the day, it's more trophies than Man United have got in the last four years. So yeah, that, that's something that, that and, and they've still won more trophies than Spurs, as good as this Spurs team is. So um, I think you know, I think they will give him at least to the end of the season, whatever happens, because they're not going down. They're not going down. But mm-hmm. I think you know, we are looking at another probably. Ninth, tenth season for Arsenal. I think I can't see anything better than that. Um, so crazy, isn't it? Because obviously, how fantastic they've been. It's just the, it's just how football works, really. And it? it's cycles. Football is a really big, a lot of cycles. And I mean, and they're probably, yeah, they, they're probably, they might. If, this is the thing, though. I think it's not that the squad's. I don't think the squad's good enough to challenge anyway. I, like it's not. They've not got. They've not got good enough defenders. The midfield weak as piss without even with party. The other two defenders that they play in a midfield three with party, like who else goes in there? They're not really that good. Aubameyang, well, he was a world class striker. I mean, I don't know what's happened there, but apart from Aubameyang, Thomas Party, and Burn Leno, who are you really taking out of the Arsenal side? I mean, not for us, but for anyone else. I mean, it's just they just need to rethink. But that's not going to happen because they're not going to spend any money on him. So, I think... I think yeah, I mean, I think one thing I would say, and obviously I think we should move on to United soon, but one yeah, thing I would... I was just about to say. One thing I would say with Arsenal is, obviously they ran by businessmen. Yeah. Um, and I think um, Andy Tate said it when they run about the Glazers for, for David Moyes. And he says, at some point, it doesn't become a football decision, it becomes a business decision. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and it, 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 I know Arsenal, everyone says they don't spend, they don't spend. Eventually, they are going to have to. And it just will happen. We don't know when it will happen, 
but it just will because they're going to have to um, because it will become a business type decision. So um, well, obviously, obviously, if they if imagine if God God forbid Arsenal went down, that's bad business decision right there. And they have to spend fucking well, well, just them just them not being in Europe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It can't be viable for a club the size of Arsenal to not be in Europe. So, but that's enough on Arsenal Wolves. Big up Wolves. Uh, yeah, super Ryan, well played. Nuno. Get well soon. Nuno went to a back four. He listened to Sizzlack and look what happened. He tore him apart. What well a mate. Great. But moving on, Man United. I mean, we've slandered Man United a lot on this podcast, but we're going to hold our hands up today and say, fair fucking play. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, mate. You know, we're to at 60 minutes of that game. I started writing down a few notes in preparation for the pod. Uh, I put Bruno too good, Ward Prowse dinger, uh, De Gea in the mud, Ollie washed. They were my notes. And then all of a sudden, the absolute gunman, ex Napoli Machina, comes on. And what a player. As far as impact subs go, like Chicharito on fucking steads, mate. He, he, everything he touched turned to gold, a bit of vibrancy up top. All of a sudden, he had a centre forward they could hit and he'd do something. It's what everything they've not got in Martial. He looks superb. I think one, one thing you look at Cavani, and you know, I wasn't that impressed when they said they were buying Cavani. I thought, you know, I've, I've never been that big a fan of Cavani. If I'm well, you know, you know my thoughts on it. I, and this, this isn't this is even just a United thing. I've never no. been a fan of Cavani. Um, no, the thing I think I, when when he was at Napoli. I was a big fan of him. I, love I mean, him I remember playing. I remember playing FIFA 13 and being like, "I've got to get this guy's inform." It was like one. It was absolutely unreal. And then I think it's always the case when players move to PSG, they sort of just stagnate. I mean, like they can score loads of goals, or they'll score 30, 40 goals in a season, but no one really cares because you're in. You're in, you're playing for PSG. You're going to do that. I mean, like me, you, any of us, we we probably. I guarantee we'd probably get ten goals up front for. In our current fitness for PSG. Calm down. You know what I mean, though. You, in my current fitness, like, I couldn't fit the fucking shorts on, lad. I've seen, you know, I've seen your stamina more, and I think you could get five. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Your standing leg would do you no favors at PSG. If you're promoting, can bag. I can. Anyway, <laughs> like, I think one thing that Cavani showed, which a lot of United players haven't shown, I mean, we, we go on about Marshall, but Marshall hasn't shown this much this season, is that that anticipation. If you look at both the goals he scored, he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, had- I mean, the, his first goal, I was going to say, was definitely, I don't think he expected the ball to come to him, but he was ready if it did. Because Bruno took a shot and it deflected up and he headed it in. I mean, that's, that's what you need from substitutes. People that are ready any period, any time, especially in a Man U game where you're 2-0 down you think, fucking hell, we need to try and get something out of this game. And fair play to him. He popped up with the goods. Well, I, I actually predicted a draw for that game. I, I thought there would be... Uh... I, I said, I had Southampton in my accumulator and I thought Southampton were going to win. And when they went 2-0 up at half-time, I was absolutely buzzing. Well, Ward Prowse deserves a mention. I mean, he was involved in, in both the goals. Set piece, once again, exceptional. But I, I've got a thing about corners, right? I think that if you're taking corners, 
you should be high and near the front post. I think it's probably the easiest place to score from because you, if your goalkeeper can't get there and you've got two defenders marking that front post and only one Man United player on there, you're, out, you're outnumbering your men because your goalkeeper can't catch it. So it was it was one of the best executed corners I've ever seen. Bednarak, that was his second goal for the club. He'd not scored since his debut, I believe. And World Prize is just out there pulling strings for him. It, yeah. they, they'll be kicking themselves that they lost that game. Oh, 100%. And the thing is, though, as well, Manu, Manu had quite a few chances before oh. But I think what was interesting is, you know, what, what were your notes again? Just read them notes again. Uh, yeah, so um, Ward Prowse Dinger, Bruno yeah, too. Yeah, uh, Bru- Bruno far too good for you. What, yeah, so Ward Prowse Dinger. So that still stands. Next one, uh, Bruno far too good for United. Still stands. Third one, De Gea piss poor. Still stands. Fourth one, uh, and then impact sub Cavani also bracket okay. facing ban. So, so those notes are actually spot on. You know, you didn't have to change in one bit. Um, he did say, I said Ollie washed as well. Oh yeah, Ollie washed, but that's a given. Like that's like a di- that's like a direct debit for your water bill. It just happens whether you know it or not. <laughs> well, the thing is though, I mean, I think we like like you said, we, we do give a lot of slang tonight, but I think we do have to mention that after the absolutely horrendous start that they had, if they win the game in hand, they go same same points as Chelsea, which is two points off the top of the table. Oh, it was three points off us. No, they, 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 yeah. So if they win the game in hand, they go the no, same I mean, point. Yeah, I thought that if they win the game and then the three points offers. No, 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 no. Win oh. the game in hand, they're the same points as you. Yeah, yeah. And then so I've got some two off the top. You know, for how much I've slandered Ollie, and I'm not going to lie to you, that's not going to end. I, I'm, I'm going to continue to slander him. But you know, I'm, I'm going to say something that I don't often say, and credit is where it's due to Manchester United. You know, they've, they've, they've got some. Up to one Leicester. Um, they've, they've got some, you know, something about them that they've come down from 2 0 down away at St Mary's, which isn't necessarily easy. And they're in a, they've put themselves in a position where, you know, I'm not going to say title charge, I'm not going to say them words, but, you know, from, from a few weeks ago, looking like top four was looking difficult. Because all the teams of the past couple of weeks haven't done so well, i.e. your Liverpools, you know, um, obviously, you know, Southampton and Villa have lost games as well. Everton have lost games recently. They've got themselves to a point where top four is is most definitely achievable. And if they do still continue to pick up results, then you have to start talking about a really good side again, which you've got to give credit to Ollie where it's due. It's not often I'm going to say that. So, uh. Mm. Um, it's Bruno it's all down to Bruno I mean we can slate him as much as we want for scoring penalties being Bruno Fernandes but he's gen- he's changed that team I think before Bruno they had no one that they could rely on they weren't a reliability player to be in there and to because he's always there he's in the face of the ref whenever there's a bad challenge he's like he's just a bit of an old school midfielder that everyone can sort of trust in Mm. And I think it, it would probably go amiss even making him captain. I mean, the way he dictates games for him, he I, drags them through it. I think the last thing United need to do is make any rash decisions with who they appoint captain because they've done it before and look where it got them. 
I think that if, well, the, if they're winning games without him captain, don't make him captain. Because they did it with Pogba, signed him, rushed him into captain. Yeah, they did it with, fu- did it with fucking definitely... Slabhead. He's a leader on the pitch. That's all he needs to be. They did it with Slabhead. Looks piss poor. But, but more, the only difference with what you've said there is, right, those are the two players that you've picked. And granted, they rushed into captaincy. They weren't leaders on the pitch. They haven't had any previous experience of being captain. They don't control the... Well, I mean, Pogba did control the game, but, you know, Bruno is the best player they could have as a captain and has been since... Who's the last good captain? Was it was it Vidic? Was Vidic captain? Rio, Rio, no? Rio? Rio captain? But that's a bit... Oh, Neville. Sorry. Yeah, Ginev. Ginev, yeah. But the thing is, though, right, in that period of post-Fergie, I can't name you many players that United have had where I could say they should be captain. And Slabed, Pogba. Pogba was one of the, was their best player at the time, but he was never a captain, never a leader. Uh, there's so many players post-Fergie that I strongly believe that should have just never gone to Man United because of the situation. Memphis Depay, he should have gone some... He shouldn't be... For what he was like when he was young, he should not be at Leon now. He was he was incredible before they signed him. He was absolutely ridiculous. Di Maria, another like Di Maria is a bit of a splitter. Like some people hate him, some people love him. I think he he was great for Real Madrid. I thought he was a really good player, but then when he went to Man United, just crap. Did you not see it the other day, though? The other day, the other day they had, you know, the fucking breaking news bulletin headlines that come across the bottom of the screen on Sky Sports News. And one yeah. after another, they had Mkhitaryan bagging a brace for uh, wherever he is, is it Roma? Then they had Lukaku Roma. bagging a brace for Inter. And he had Zlatan bagging a brace for AC Milan. All three ex-United players. All three of them bagging braces. And, th- and at that point, United could not buy a goal. It was great. I've just had a little bit of breaking news also. So, is it Marine? Marine yeah, who have they got? Who have they got, mate? Non- Spurs at home. Oh, oh great. I, I, I wish they got them away because that would have actually I mean, benefited on, them. On, on talk for this morning, this is the, the, they had a bloke on from there and he says, we want Spurs. And they've oh, got them. Oh, what's so, it called? Hold they'll, have, they'll have fans in there as well. They're only up, they're only up in Liverpool. They'll have fans in there. Yeah. Oi, yeah, oi. yeah, it's a tough place to go on a Tuesday night, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, so Marine. big up them, yeah. I big up Marine, fair play. When you get to see teams like that in your court, it would have a Louvre went to what Louvre went to Anfield, you know, you deserve to, to give them a, a, a good game. Mm. Um, what, what, what game's next anyway? Because we've said too many nice things about United, yeah, yeah. I've got um. Up next, we've got Manchester City finally firing on all cylinders. Mate, they look good. Um, I mean, I said that this is, I said that I said that this is a questionable one because it's fucking Burnley, man. Five nil. Oh, I know they yeah, five but, nil. It's Burnley. You'd have complained. You can't complain if they win by five. So we beat just, Burnley four. You've, you've just got an Bur- agenda. I'm not, I'm not having this. It's Burnley. I've got an agenda against Pep, and I'm coming for him. Well, well the thing is, though, it was an interesting start actually because um, Burnley going to City 
is the first time a team has conceded five goals in, in, in the same fixtures since, I think it was Swindon going to Notts County in the 1800s. I'm pretty sure that that, that is a start. But yeah, it's four five, mil, think... four five mils Burnley away at City in the last in the last four years. Does it surprise you? Um, well, the thing is, no, it doesn't. But the thing, it doesn't surprise me. But the thing is, though, you can't necessarily say, "Oh, well, City have won five nil." You ha- you expect that five nil is five nil. You could be you could be pressed in five nil. You know what mm. I mean? It's five nil. In my personal opinion, a team that's as good as Man City should should be rolling over teams like Burnley Five and everything. But the thing is, the thing is, you know, um, you know, this year with them, I just don't agree with all the Man City fans saying that. Oh, we're back now. No, not not necessarily that. You can't be also turning around saying, "Oh, well, you only scored five against Burnley." No, I'm not saying that they only scored five against Burnley. They played incredibly well. I mean, we'll touch on this, but I just think I'm not. Not not convinced yet by Man City this season. Uh, well, but it, 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 obviously it, it, that. It. Go on, mate. Well, that's the game they're always in. No, you can only beat what's in front of you, and I understand that. You no, know, you've been saying that all season when you've been beating absolutely trollops. One mean? thing, so, one thing I will say. You know how we say Man City, don't you? You got you to gotta keep the same. Energy. What's in front of you? Man City haven't even been beating the. You know how we say we're not surprised that City won five nil. At the same time, you know if they'd have beat, been beat one nil with a Chris Wood header, I don't think you'd have been surprised then either. It's a really strange one for them at the minute. <clears throat> I, I genuinely don't think you'd have been that shocked if Burnley bagged a one nil late winner. You know, Ashley Barnes header, whoever, and and walked away with all three points. Well, yeah, same way that you're not massively surprised that City won five nil. At the end of the end of the day, City City have won, and they've they've won five 0 Now City, as as bad as they've been, if they win the game in hand, they're three points off the top of the table. Yeah, exactly. No, but it's, I understand. I do. I know. I understand what no, you're saying. I, mean, I, I understand. I understand both arguments. I, I don't. I don't. You can't say all oh, they're back to their absolute best because I don't think you're ever going to see City at that 100 point best ever again. I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I do think though that. They are a team that on a, on the day can absolutely batter everyone, and that's always been the way. It, it always has been, and I think if City continue the way they're going, they'll still be in the title race at the end of the season. They're still going to be there or thereabouts because that's the quality of the team that they've got. Um, and like you are right, they should be they should batter Burnley. They should, of course, they should. I think special mention to Riyad Mahrez, his first ever hat trick for Man City. Yeah, it's only his second. It was, it, was, it was a really nice hat trick. I mean, you know, Man City fans as a whole. Um, I've I, I obviously lived in Manchester for a while. And I know you're the same, more. A lot of Man City fans really hate Mares, which is criminal. Can't stand Mares, um, because of because of how he slows the game down, and he, he, he's he's not as much of a threat as you know Sane and. Well, yeah, he's not your typical pet player, though, is he? No, I've, you know, I've always you know what thought I, that. He's you know what I think it is? What I think it is, the reason why Man City fans hate Mares or some do, is because he's a reminder that what they've actually done is they've bought trophies as opposed to training a team to win them. Because Mares was player of the year by miles when he won it, when, when Leicester won the league. 
and then they went and bought him and they bought the finished article and then went on and you know won the next league or whatever. I think for a lot of City fans, he's a reminder that they've bought success as opposed to actually worked for it in particularly different ways. And I think that's why a lot of people take exception to him. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I just think they take exception to the fact that what they've done is they bought the finished article uh, and some, some City fans resent that and they don't really enjoy it. But there you go. That's my two pence. I agree with that. I think that's fair. I just don't think he's... I mean, he scored three the other day. I, I don't think he's done enough in his Man City career to really... You know, for the amount of money they spent on him, I don't think he's he's lived up to the potential. Like you say, more a finished article. I don't think he's lived up to it. And I think that's part of the reason as I well. Heard, um, I heard a stat the other day. So combined in the Premier League, he's now on 200 appearance and 100... 100 goal involvements. I mean, for a winger, from coming from Leicester, I don't think that's too bad. Morris? Morris is only 25, 26, isn't he? Five? I'm sure he is. Um, let, let me pull it up. I'll, I'll be age. surprised if he's much older than that. Max, 27. Yo, he's 29. No, what? I told you, he wasn't young. He wasn't young. Oh, my God. Bro, he's older than me. Wow. Wow. That's blown my mind. I thought he was worth Man City bought him. Man City bought him as a player in his prime. 27 years of age. And when you were saying 25, I was like, not a chance. That's insane. I thought he was young. No way. Sorry to interrupt as well. Fulham have won. <laughs> Fulham, have, Fulham have beat Leicester. Yes. Scotty Can P. Can you believe it? In Big Scotty 2020. P. The gunman. Scotty Parker. Scotty, Scotty P. will be on the fucking... Oh, he'll also, be on the fucking... Also, shout out to, uh, to Matt Green. I know he's been saying a lot that he thinks... almost stay up. I laughed at him. Dirt for Boopity up as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. Rest in peace, Diop, because that guy was a he's a crucial part of the Portsmouth FA Cup winning team. Absolute baller. They gave a special mention to him on Sky Sports of the night. I thought it was a really yeah. nice touch. He scored hey, the, uh, the, the first, goal in, first goal in the yeah, 2002 yeah. World Cup. Yeah, great, great player. Rest in peace. It's been a pretty shit week for football, hasn't it? We've had a couple of fucking bad... Bad things happen. Maradona's died. We've had pa- Papa Diop died. Raul Jimenez has had a potential died. career. And well, Diego, <laughs> David Luiz tried to murder Raul Jimenez. And they still lost, but one of them, mate. But like, we'll, um... I think, you know, it's it sometimes happens in, in, in the wild world of football, to be fair. It does. And the wild world of people. I mean, no one wants to be fucking seeing people die at the age of 42, was it? Mm. For Papa Diop and 60 for Mar- Diego Maradona. It's very... I can't, oh, young. I can't wait. I can't Maradona. wait till the end of this year, you know. I know, man. You know Maradona, do you know what? You know the amount of gack he ran through? Fair play to even get 60, you know. Like, oh, yeah. I, I was surprised he made 60. I'm not yeah, going to lie. He, he, was... he lived his life <laughs> oh. on like he lived life about 400 mile an hour. The, the the best someone posted on Twitter is if the best video they've ever seen of Maradona, and it's him being mesmerized by Salt <laughs> Bay. 
<laughs> and Salt Bay's removing these ribs. Salt Bay's removing these ribs from this big chunk of meat. Oh, he's, like, he's just his eyes just light up, and he's just so happy. Just, such a in the moment guy. Yeah, man. And just a testament to how, that's how footballers should be, man. They should be like that. They should be flamboyant, Mate. do what they want when they want. Who cares? Fucking I'm, world like, court. I've, I've, I always make this point. It's just um, everyone's so drilled into regime, and I just I miss the times when you had fucking people that were outlandish. And I said the other day to my dad, maybe England's closest thing at the minute like, that anyone that doesn't pay any respect to the rules is drag Jack Grealish because he just goes out and gets pissed and does stupid shit all the time. And do you know what I mean? I just miss having players that are just outlandish like we don't have Balotelli in the Prem anymore that used to be laying fireworks off in fucking people's garages and shit it's just a fucking I don't know I just miss the old sort of players that are out on social media it's quite annoying yeah mate I you, mean, know, you know when enough fucking, of that uh, when that's it was my little rant over players but, if you're listening stop being, stop being dickheads mate because we yeah. miss it because we need something to talk about. You create the content. Go and be a bit mad However, for once in a while. That... Yeah, exactly. We've got plenty of things to talk about, but I think we spoke about enough for this half of the half of the pod. I think we should hear. It's been an interesting first half. I mean, we've touched on Man United's brilliant comeback. Arsenal have been slumped again at home. And Manchester City, 5-0, questionable against Burnley. We should, uh, we're going to hit to a break and we'll get right back. Hope everyone's staying well and we'll see you soon. Straight back into the mix of things with the, the Brighton game that's next on the running order. Uh, I, I can't say I, I didn't watch it because I was at work. I've been working the weekend, so I'm going to let the three Liverpool fans in the uh, in the chat just dig into this one. Go on, Paul. Be a good lad. Oh, go on then. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange game actually. I think obviously overshadowed by the final decision for the equaliser, the penalty. Which I'm sure, I'm sure let's just touch on more about that at the end. But um, but yeah, a bit of a strange game. I thought we started quite well, um, and then after about ten minutes, just completely died off. Uh, Brighton completely dominant for about 10, 15 minutes, uh, getting the ball in behind our two centre backs that probably not played with each other. I don't think in the league, which you could tell. Um, and Conley had quite a few chances. Really, could have probably scored at least two in the first half an hour, uh, but they did get the penalty. Uh, which they missed, but end up getting another point at the end and uh, getting the equaliser. But yeah, I thought I thought it was a bit of a strange game. Um, I thought the second half we controlled it a lot more and deserved to go up go in front with a good job goal again, score another goal for us. He's becoming a phenomenal player for us this season. But um, yeah, apart from that, it it was quite a bit of a a bit of a, a bit of a not a dry game really. It wasn't. There wasn't much to talk about, bar the big decisions that cost Liverpool three points, really. Um, I think, I don't know, I, I, I just, it seems like a defeat because obviously we conceded in the last minute, but um, 
I don't know. I think it's just a bit. It's just one of them in it, really. One of them. Not a bad point, but three points drop, really. Two drop, mate. Two. Well, two drop points. Sorry. Yeah, it was um, it, it it was a tough watch at times. I'm not going to lie to you. I, yeah. I thought we were going to run away run away with it early on. I really did. I thought this is going to be it. We're going to stick four by him in first half. We're going to look great doing it. It's going to be a big statement. Um, we're going to. We're going to look fantastic. We're going to be electric on the ball. We're going to run. We're going to run them off the pitch. It's going to be mint. Um, and then it just seemed to fizzle out, and we let them back into game. And then all of a sudden, they had one chance, and they had another. Um, I mean, Neil Mope missing his, missing a pen did us a massive favour because it, it could have got away from us a bit sooner. Uh, Brighton came back into game. Um, yeah, it was a tough watch at times, mate. With my uh, with my red tinted glasses on. Um, yeah. Character building is how I'd describe it. Is the only way it's tough. Yeah, I think I think they um, they exploited our centre backs. I don't think but both teams defended quite well actually throughout the game. I think obviously we had a bit of magic from Jota to get our goal. Sometimes you just got old Jansen and go look. Sometimes it takes a goal like that to for a team like Brighton to concede, I guess. And then obviously the penalty decision that they got their goal. But um, I thought we looked a bit nervous at the back. At the first, like you says, after we started to lose possession and they was dominant on the ball for a bit, they find it quite easy to get the ball over the back uh, centre-backs in behind for um, Connolly. Because I think because they played a 3-4-3, three, three, they had Welbeck up front with um, Opai and Connolly. It was like interchanging a lot. There wasn't really like, it wasn't wide play. It was like players getting in behind, which it did obviously worked on that throughout the week, realising that we were probably going to have a makeshift back four with Nico Williams coming as well. I think that, I think that was his first Premier League game this season where he started, shall I say. But yeah, um, I think, like I said, the second half, we, we completely controlled the game, brought Henderson on, a lot more zip to our play and they couldn't handle with us for about probably 20, 30 minutes and then it all went to shit, <laughs> basically. It's no, it's no shock to anybody that we are weakest at the minute defensively because... The defenders that we pick first are not available, with the exception of Robertson, obviously. Um, and unfortunately for me, uh, about five minutes before the penalty, I went, I tell you what, I've been really happy with Robbo since everyone else has dropped out because, you know, he, he's really dragged us through uh, some games on his own and he's looked superb. Uh, and then what I'm going to describe as a contentious penalty decision that I was. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still yet to be fully convinced of. I think the issue that I've got with it is that... Um, Don't hold know, back. Well, you know, you know when a referee does or doesn't give a decision, it's based on something being clear and obvious. Now, you know if yeah. there's something that could be a foul and then you go and watch it in real time and you think, oh, I'm not sure about that. You say it's not clear and obvious to go one way or the other. When you slow it down to a thousand frames a second, everything looks clear and obvious. And that's where I take exception to it. I think it's very, very difficult for the referees at the minute because they're told to watch everything in slow motion. You know, it's there, so they have to do it. Um, but ultimately, if you're having to slow something down so much and then there's Brighton players at the end of the game saying it was soft, they know, um, you know, it's, um, mm, yeah, it's a sticky one. That wasn't actually, um, 
yeah, that wasn't actually down to the uh, letter I wrote to FIFA, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a second. That was a slightly separate issue. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, not lying, fe- I can't fe- wait fe- to yeah, So before I do, fe- have you got anything you want to say about the game? <laughs> that, that'll be a no then. So we move. <laughs> that, that, was, that wasn't a broken mic. That, <laughs> that, that was a... We've done, we've done to Brian. What do you want me to say? Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I watched, I watched the game... And we should have scored very early. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we, we, we got what we deserved. Um, I don't think we were good enough. I think for large moments of the game, yeah, we controlled it, but we never killed it off. Um, you know, slightly unfortunate with the Salah offside, but I mean, in, in the laws of the game, it's a correct decision. I'm sick of talking about offsides for toenails, but you know it, it is. It's what it is. We've got to. We've got to just let it be now. Um, and then we've got, you know, Nico Williams has shown, unfortunately for him, at this point in stage of his of his career, he's not good enough. Um, Nat Phillips, I thought had a good game. Uh, Brighton again were wasteful with the chances. I think Brighton, you know, in the first half should have scored two. At least. I'd just like to touch on, I seen a stat. Um, Brighton's expected goals against you was 3.4. Well, that's the thing. They, 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 they should have scored more goals, definitely. Yeah. I mean, they missed, I, mean they missed I listened the to it on Talk Sport while I was at work, and it sounded to me like they were very, I don't know, a bit clumsy with sort of the way that they were trying to go about scoring. They were, but, you know, I mean, I think it showed a lot the difference of what happened when we've said it a lot Paul but when Jordan Nensen came on the pitch things improved drastically um, and I think that I mean, at the time of the penalty I was fuming fuming <laughs> um, I mean I'll I, I mean, I, I take it take Stor- what Storm says I, it's like I'd eaten a full chicken I was sitting <laughs> Sorry, mate. Full chicken wedged in your gob, spitting feathers, mate. Honestly, I could have pulled teeth. I was, I was fuming. I, I had to leave my, I had to leave my room, and go outside and just. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no, honestly, I'm, I'm gonna level with you, right? We both watched the game, but we're both on PlayStation, so we could hear each other. I had to take my headset off because fat was really ruining my day. (laughs) <laughs> really, he was really ruining my day I'd take it off and I had to have a minute he was really really pissing on my chicks the thing is though if we're being completely taking emotion out of it if you take emotion out of it all the decisions were correct all, yeah, in all the letter of the law yeah all the decisions were correct um, you know we got a penalty the other week from Mo Salah being kicked in the foot with something very similar if we're being completely honest. Yeah. Um, but the, the, for I mean, this I'm, one, the I'm, reason I'm just... why um, I don't think it's a pen, uh, and the, the, this is only one reason, is that, you know, by the time that Robertson has made contact with Danny Welbeck's foot, Danny Welbeck has already lost the ball. At that point, it's Robertson's ball, and it should be a foul the other way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I just think it was it was two points dropped. Everyone else dropped points apart from City and, and United. It was a perfect day to go out there and, and, and get a win and, and move forward with the title race. And it's I think this title race is gonna be incredibly tight. Incredibly I think, tight. I think what we've got even 
it was originally. Yeah, I think what we've got to be honest with is, I mean, we've always we've admitted it for the last two years. Like we have got away with games where we've scraped through one nil, whatever, and that would have been one of them games. We we didn't play right. We didn't play great. Um, if we walked away with three points, we walked away with three points. If if they with them walking away with a point. We can't really moan. It wasn't like we outplayed. It wasn't like, oh, they've robbed us of, a, of three points. It was obviously the decision that was more frustrating. But touching on the, the Mane offside, Mane was offside. Like, it wasn't argued about it. I know it got brought up because, oh, they've had two VAR goals disallowed and they've had a VAR against them. But it was offside. Like, clearly offside. But the uh, other one bothered me. It didn't bother me at the time because... You know, that, again. That, that, that pass from Roberto Firmino oh, so was inch perfect. First touch off the chest, volley pass, through ball to, to Salah with a great finish. It was a lovely goal and it's been ruled out for, you know, the finest of margins. But that's that's the sport we, we have these days. If that's what football is. The thing is, I, I was thinking when I was watching it, I was like, we're going to be talking about VAR distance against Liverpool. I was like, is it because we're Liverpool fans and we talk about it a lot? But then I looked at the stats. We've had eight against us, which is twice as many yeah, as anyone in the league. Over the past two seasons, you've probably had 30 that haven't gone against you. So. Swings and roundabouts. That's what, swings and roundabouts can suck my nuts, mate. <laughs> uh, well, um, if... Um... We need to touch on who's a clop and he's a dummy. Because well, it's officially spat out. Right. No, I oh no, I agree. I understand. I understand his point. There is a, it's a ridiculous amount of games, but he's attacking the wrong people, man. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to defend. He was basically saying. He's not calling out Des Kelly. He's talking about how Des Kelly works for the company he's on about. I know it sounded like he was going, you, you, you. Why is that? Why is his problem? It's not because his problem. Because he's trying to get through, isn't he? Through, like, to him. He's part of them. And he's like, yeah, right. What you've, um, what you've got to understand is that ultimately the Premier League don't do the interviews after the game. Yeah. If the Premier League did, there's no doubt Klopp had mentioned it to him and he'd be very vocal about it. Well, Unfortunately, he because the Premier League don't and it's BT or Sky that do, that's where he has to say it, to get it out there. It, it works that way. It's exactly the same reason, God love him, that Marcus Rashford had to do an interview with fucking Sun to get his to get you know um, his policies out there so that people had listened to him. He, doesn't, yeah. he probably doesn't read the Sun. He's probably got nothing to do with them apart from that. But that's it's exactly the same thing. You've got to get the opinion out there. You've got to be heard. Yeah, I... No, no. Sorry, sorry, Storm. There's one more thing I'd say. Hey, hey, go on, man. And said... Because Klopp went out at the start and said, yeah, the decision's right. You could tell he was pissed off. Yeah, the decision's right. Yeah, whatever. And then he goes, oh, well, your captain Jordan Henson said the opposite. Shut the fuck up, Des. No one gives a fuck about what you just said. I mean, he's got, to, he's got to be in that. He is, is an interviewer. He's got to make these. He has got to ask these questions. Oh, afraid. does he bold? If, yo, if it was any other manager other than Klopp, you'd be like, why is this guy being a bitch? Well, Ollie said the same thing a couple of weeks last ago. week. <laughs> Literally, yeah, and ago. I said, "Why is Ollie being a bitch?" Do you know the reason why they're being a bitch for? Because it's which I know, mentioned. I know why they're being bitches about. Yeah, it because, because it, it went to a vote and it went sixteen four, and we're still talking about you, it. But I don't. I think oh, I feel like there's different ways to go about it because it, it's not like he's not, there's no substance with what he's saying. He's just going mad. All right, Storm. Storm what are the different ways? 
what are the different ways right so go to your fucking go to the owners of your club and go to the people that are in charge and say look it's got to change not just say well you work for fucking sky and bt and this is all your fault but Keep that's not going to change it this season though because they, 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 no, they, they sort out all those things on a, on a year by more, year basis I just feel like it could have been handled in a bit of a well, better Chris way. That's all. Because I, 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 in a way, I do, it, it, in a way, I agree. In a way, I do agree with Klopp. I just think there was. I'm not digging him out for it, but in a way, I don't. Know. I think. I think that what I know. Because I understand his point. I we've mean, got three Liverpool fans here. Obviously, going to be defending. But one one thing I will say that I will defend Klopp. People are going, he's only doing it because he's losing. Klopp has been like uh, this every yeah, I know, game. Yeah, I know he has. Yeah, I know. That, every yeah. game he talks about it. When we're losing, winning 4-0, 5-0, he says the same thing. It's got nothing to do with the fact he's a sore loser. It's got nothing to do with that. I'm talking about, I would touch on uh, five subs again because I know we've gone about it. But like he says, if, manage, if there's been 20 managers in a meeting and it's gone 16-4 that they should have five subs, which people would disagree with or agree with, but 16-4 to four and he's done nothing. What does it have to take for them to go right? We do need I, to have five I subs. I do think you should have dug fucking Chris Wilder. Oh, I'm fucking glad he did. Fucking hell, he bodied him. It was, he does it was funny that probably the thing is, Wilder will probably be quite he's oh, he has been very vocal about the situation about the five Wilder subs. Wilder doesn't care though, does he? Wilder will just shank him if he says it. No, again. no. <laughs> Wilder is going through the rest of the season with another three points with his yeah, three yeah. Well done, mate. Right. Sorry to interrupt, but just have breaking news. West Ham are winning. Yeah, I was going to say something. But... 1-0. But um, if, if I may, just while we are talking about, you know, uh, changes in policy uh, and rulemaking moving forward, uh, there's, um, <laughs> as was aforementioned, I have um, written a little later, uh, written a letter, sorry, to, um, to a few people. Uh, one of them is the refereeing VAR project leader, Mike van der Rust. Um, the other one is the project leader for VAR implementation, Dirk Schlemmer. I'm not making these <laughs> names up, by the way. Uh, and the third one is for the head of football technology, Sebastian Runger. Uh, now, Dirk, Mike, and Sebastian, if you are listening to the pod, first of all, thanks for your support. Second of all, read your fucking emails because no one's come back to me yet. <laughs> but it's... Um, uh, I've gone to them with something that I've uh, that I've raised before, uh, and it's this issue that I've got with what you'd call very very um, narrow offsides. Um, now, I'm all for VAR. Put that as a prerequisite. I think the idea of having cameras to see things more clearly is never a bad thing, as far as I'm concerned. Because in our lives, we've seen some absolute stinking offsides. I think of one that went against, well, went for Liverpool and against Man City in the Champions League, where um, James Milner plays the ball back uh, to Leroy Sane and he whips it in. They give off side because you think it's come off a City player. Now, that is a clanging decision. Gone, <laughs> I remember that. That was a clanging decision. Honestly, it is a clanging decision that's gone against <laughs> Man City. And fuck me, it took all you had to do was watch it once and you'd have known straight away, nah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a goal. Give it, play on. Even I'm there, desperate for us to go through it, Champions League, going, fucking hell, it's a goal. I hate to say it, but it just is. You only have to watch it once. Uh, and that's sort of what I've touched on uh, in the letter that I've written. Because uh, we are football fans um, from different places and whatever, uh, and I've I've tried to toy in the heartstrings of Dirk, Mike, and and Seb here, right? Because I, I appreciate they're probably football fans as well, uh, as well as having worked in the game for God knows how many years. Uh, and there's no doubt that in my mind, 
they do everything for the good of the game as far as they're concerned. But I am increasingly annoyed with the narrowest of, of offsides and then the bloke in the VAR room trying to find a reason to give it offside, you know, based on where he draws the line on the body, based on, you know, the finest of margins where the player strikes the ball. So I've just taken them to a suggestion and see if they come back with it. Uh, but it's acknowledging that there is a degree of inaccuracy in the technology they use. That's it. I've not said the system's shy. I'm just saying it's not perfect. And we know it's not. So we need to own that a little bit um, and say, look, if you give every centre forward or every, you know, where they draw the lines, you have plus or minus a 10 centimetre differential. So you just say, look, if you're within that 10 centimetres, because of the frame rate and because of where he's played the ball from, we couldn't say for certain if he is offside or not. So just stick with the on-field decision. It's umpire's call in its finest, mate. It's umpire's call at its yes, absolute yes. finest. Just do that. Try it for a month and just see how far we get. Try it, in the, try it in the Siberian <laughs> Super League, whatever. Just try it for a month. Um, I agree with this, but my only point is these blokes that are in charge are way too headstrong to implement, they think that their system is perfect. They must, they've got to, because the way that they're still coming out with these bollocks decisions, they, there's, I don't see how it's ever going to change. But the reason, really why I've, um, the reason why I've written this is because I'm a firm believer in the fact that if you don't vote, you've got no right to complain. Yes, exactly. So, you know what I mean? So this is, this, is, this is the 64 Worms Club having their say on the situation. Yeah. I've not, I've not um, forward in your thoughts onto them because thank you. we're not going to stop until this is a thing. I even ended the email, good health to you and all to, and to all your families. Um, so <laughs> if, honestly, if that doesn't make them come back to me, I don't know what will. <laughs> oh my God. They'll probably get their secretary to just say, can you just stop emailing this? Lad, 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 I've even written it a second time in German just in case. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mike, Dirk, and Sebastian. We have dein Mund gefickt. Sehr gut. Hello, mein wunderschöne. Was ist das? Oh, Jesus. Oh, that... Well, with that being said, I think we've touched on that game enough. We've touched on the VAR enough. We should move on to probably maybe one of the most gripping games of the weekend. I mean, it only contained one goal, but. Leeds earning a well-fought one at Goodison Park with a 1-0 win. Now, I'd like to start off this game by saying, Rafinha, what a fucking player. Baller. This guy oozes sauce. Oozes it, mate. Whatever sauce you want to call it, sweet chilli, mayo, garlic mayo. He's got it all, mate. This guy is a fucking <laughs> baller. He is boss man in the kebabby. He's even got the lines in his eyebrows, mate. This guy is absolutely <laughs> dripping. The, do you know that little back heel touch thing where he dropped his shoulder and took about four defenders out of the game? Oh, mate, he was playing with... His goal was sick. I'm so glad that he scored it as well because he definitely deserved the goal. He was on fire for them. Uh, Leeds were probably unlucky to not score more. I mean, 37 shots in one game between both the teams. You don't get many many games like that. Now, Leeds, I've seen Leeds have, have had 87 shots in the last four games. And I think that's testament to Bielsa's play style. They create a lot of chances. But I still think later down the line, 
not finishing the chances could bite him on the arse. Yeah. Um, I mean, Leicester, not Leicester, sorry, Everton weren't up to the standards that we've seen them, but I think everyone thought that they'd drop off. I mean, yeah, I think at- I think people expect the Leeds to finally, like you say, die down come the last two or three months of the season because realistically, can they carry on playing the way they, they are at the minute? Because they look so. I was I, I watched the Everton game and I was so impressed by them. To be fair, oh, I yeah, they were unbelievable throughout the whole game. If you have a bit more ruthlessness up front, it would have been at least three or four. But I'd say the same about Evan, because like you said, Evan had quite a few chances where they could have at least equalised or got a goal, but would, fully deserved by Leeds. I would say one thing about um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. If if he's not scoring with his first touch, he's never scoring again. Right, he's, touch that he's absolutely diabolical with the ball at his feet. <laughs> Christ. Give him an header, give him a one-touch finish to score. He'll score a penger every time, but fucking hell, if he has to run 10 yards of it in his feet, it's like he's dribbling a traffic cone. <laughs> He's fucking horrendous. <laughs> not, it's not taking anything away from him because I know that he's not that kind of player, but he was, there was a lot of times where Richarlison was feeding him the ball in and the ball was just running away from him. And I think that ended him a lot. I don't think they, I think they played into Leeds' hands a little bit. Just, just, I, think we've, I think with Leeds, and obviously we've shown it, and we, it was obviously quite um, noticeable last season in the Championship. There's no fear in them, is there? They literally play their oh, football oh. every, every week. It's the same... Same play that he like the way he plays Bielsa sets his team out to play on the front foot, high up the field, trying to get like shots off, whatever. But they just look they look so comfortable. They look like they've been playing the Premier League for years. I know that we've all said for ages that no one's entitled to be in the Premiership, but Leeds are a massive club, and with the resources they have, and obviously with Bielsa at the helm now, they should be able to earn, should stay in the Premier League for some time under him. Keep building that squad. I mean, like you says, he had Rafinha. It was Yorkshire sensational. Perlo, the Yorkshire pudding. And I'm going to mention the Yorkshire Perlo, mate. He was absolutely ridiculous. That was one of the most impressive performances I've seen this season. And that's not, no understatement, no exaggeration either. He was like, throughout the whole game, through 90 minutes, he was, he literally reminded me of Perlo in a way. Like, just never lost the ball. Just like, his pass, like. He's, his, I think the thing is with him, He's comfortable at receiving the ball in any situation, any given situation, whether it be on the edge of the box, on the edge of his own box, in the middle of the field. And if he's on the edge of his box, he'll turn round and he'll look forward and he'll spray it. Yeah, the range of passing. I've I've not seen that in an English player for a long long time, in my opinion. That range of passing where, like you said, he can get on the half turn, control it, even if he's under pressure and he's got two or three body time. I mean, like you said, you've got Alan that plays for Everton. Alan, I thought Alan was probably Everton's best player. Yeah, and that's what I mean. He will not give you time on the ball. You don't. It's you're very rare. I know, like with Kante, Kante is good at like driving runs forward and stuff. But you don't get many others like that. But Alan's definitely Alan's one very similar to Kante in that yeah, sense. Very yeah. similar to Kante. He'll receive the ball and he'll look to go forward. Yeah, which is a good asset to have within a central defensive midfielder, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. I just go on for that. All, all I'm going to say about this game is uh, it's good to see Evan doing well again, isn't it? <laughs> and there he goes and that's all he's got to say been a long time oh. since that title charge was heard about wasn't it hey oh hey, god quiet yeah of the toffees I'm um, of the toffees of the toffees all day <laughs> I um, James Rodriguez was um, pretty 
I don't know that Leeds managed to keep him quiet. And I know Gaz is saying this because it's probably his first bad game he's had, but... First! First! I've seen him since October. He's been saucy, mate. That's, that's not, he weren't great. He's been injured by a bruised nut, Anna. <laughs> bruised ball bag. He ain't got no bollocks. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, that's enough of that. No, but like, well, before we move on, man, I mean, big up Leeds, man. The last... They should have beat Arsenal. They played exactly the same way, really. That expressive football. Wait, the only thing they've got with them at the minute is they are kind of wasteful. Like I know, I think Gug mentioned it oh. in the chat that if you've got, I say a bit, kind of wasteful. It's like they've bought a fucking <laughs> two liter bottle of pop and poured off of it out before they pour themselves a drink, mate. <laughs> Fuck no. It's when it's you know when you drop you drop a bottle of coke and you open it and it all fizzes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. That's what they like in front of goal. Patrick Bamford had a few chances to put him. I th- I feel like they introduced because I, I said in the first part I don't think Rodrigo would bang, but then whenever whenever he comes on he seems to do all right, and I feel like maybe they should try and utilize him. A he's bit not much he's of a goal scorer though. No, I know he's not, but he's a bit different. He brings a bit of a different element to the attacking. He's he's a bit less. I mean, he's not very direct, but he, he brings people into the game a lot more. Yeah. Whereas, like, Bamford sort of, you give him the ball, he tries to score. What Whereas, I think it is, with the... Rodrigo receives the ball on the edge of the box and try and set someone else up to score. The reason why I don't think Rodrigo um, starts the games that Bamford does is because, you know, if you look at the way that league play, everyone's got to know the job at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, because, I understand that. Because Rodrigo's joined more recently... I think they're just taking the time with him, which is probably yeah. sensible from their perspective. Old, it it is frustrating, though, because he's flair. He's flair. He's flair. Probably about 27, 28. Well, I thought Riyad Mahrez was 25, so... <laughs> well, how old is he? 29. 29, <laughs> mate. You know Rodrigo used to play for Bolton, don't you, like years and years ago? Yeah, yeah long, long, long time ago, yeah. Yeah, let me say, I'll, I'll have a look now, old is for Storm. Yeah, well, didn't, did Gene have, have him at, the, at Valencia? Yeah, that's why Ginev always talks about him. Do you know when Ginev goes, oh, he loves a shot from outside the box, don't let him... Because Storm mentioned it, didn't you, last week, Storm? When yeah. he went, oh, don't let him have a shot, we get on target, because he used to manage him. Yeah, yeah. he's 29. So he's 29, bloody hell. Uh, yeah, he's 29. So, but yeah, big up Leeds, man. Big, big three points away to heaven. Yeah, definitely. They've um, cemented their place in the Premier League and uh, moving on from that game. I mean, we was going to touch... I thought we should touch on the Chelsea Spurs game before oh. we touch on the Sheffield United. Oh, then, man. I mean, it's your show, bro. Nah, I know that I'm hosting, and I know that everyone expects. Everyone. Wait. Expects- <laughs> this is what right. Anyone that's got. Oh, sorry, we're you talking, mate. Sorry, but I missed it. Anyone's got a footballing brain would understand that Mourinho's coming to Stamford Bridge. Sticking 11 men behind the ball and waiting to hit us uh, on the counter. All I want to know is how many Zs are there in Chelsea? Because I was falling asleep during that game. I'm telling you now, it was <laughs> fucking cat. It's always going to be a snooze fest. We control the game. We try and score. Unluckily, we didn't. And I think we were all done by it. We should have won that game. We should have won. If, if Tammy Abraham could finish, we should have won. Oh, if my granny had bollocks, should have been my fucking granddad. Yeah, <laughs> if, granny had bollocks, if Tammy Abraham could finish, granddad. he wouldn't be playing for Chelsea. Believe that. But it is what it is. I mean, I wait for you to say if my mama had stabilised, it should be a bike. I thought if my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. You can say how much you want. Oh, 
how many times have Chelsea played teams in the top six and not won? Not lost. Oh. We've lost one against Liverpool. So we've lo- we've not lost in eleven games. So in, as far as I'm concerned, I don't really I've, care. We're still up there. We're still playing really nice, expansive football. If so, I'm honest with you, Storm, that is a very negative stat, isn't it? But, but the thing is, though, you've, you've mentioned expansive, but you've not scored against a big side. So how expansive is that? Well, it doesn't really matter. How expansive? No, no, no. No, I understand what people are saying. I really do. But until until we get absolutely mullered by one of the top sides, I'll I'll be taking these results. People wrote wrote Frank Lampard off all the time. They've wrote him off so many times. And we've come out and people expected Spurs to beat us. And we've kept Spurs. Spurs were crap in the second half. They couldn't get. Any, they couldn't take the ball off us. So I would, I'm, I would argue that both teams are crap for ninety. I think. I think one thing I will. I'll defend you on a bit, Storm. Is that I think. I think we're all looking forward to the game because I know when people are. It's a big. It's a big. Yeah, game. obviously Chelsea are really in form. Like you've finally sorted out your defensive really issues, not conceding as many as you were at the start since probably since Mendy's come on. Since what we've touched on recently. And like you said, you've got Spurs that are like, people are going, oh, Mourinho's going to fall away again this season with Spurs and it's just going to end up like a disaster. And yet the top of the league. And they've got Harry Kane that's probably the most informed player in world football. The, we are just thankful that we managed to keep Harry Kane and Son quiet. Yeah, because and that's what I was going to say. Kane didn't really do anything. What, we was, what I was, like, my point is, yeah, we can play expansive football, but we've got to be careful against teams like that, that Mourinho set out because if... Yeah, imagine you get Son and Kane 2v2 against Zuma and say yeah. fucking... Zimmer frame. Thiago, yeah, Zimmer frame. It's not going to end well. No. So I understand the way that we did. Frank Lampard said after the game, he says, I was happy, I'm completely happy with the game. We controlled it, but we was just lacking that thing in the final third and it happens. I mean, there's not been a game where... I can't remember the last time we didn't score. Probably against Liverpool. That was the last game that we didn't score yeah. in. United. No, yeah, United. So it's not, it's no big deal for me. I mean, we've took a point away from a game that we could have lost, but we probably should have won. Fair enough. Fair we're, enough. We're still, we're still, we're on 19 points. I can't really moan. I just think, I mean, the only thing for me is that they just like for, for both those teams, Spurs and Chelsea, in terms of this season, nothing changes for me. Like nothing changes because the fact that Spurs, you know, have looked, have, have got an away point. At the bridge, which they don't normally get, no, they so, don't. so 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 it's it's actually an impressive result for them. Mourinho said that his players were disappointed. I, I think they'd be buzzing with that. I, yeah, I really they'll, do. They'll, they'll um, be looking absolutely over the moon. But, but Chelsea, once again, I mean, I know you, just once again they've come up against a big team and just not done anything. I mean, you, you can well, I say don't, I don't even think that we've not done anything. I think that we tried. We were trying our fucking hardest. I mean, well, Lloris pulled out a fucking world save against Man. I think one. I think one thing I will like to debate because I, I do actually agree with most points. I don't think it's a bad point. Anyway. Bad I mean, Spurs point. are on fire, and you've been. It's not a bad point, but I know you. I know what you mean. I'm expecting Chelsea to go and score goals like with all the attacking talent they've got. But do you fear? And we've mentioned it many times on in the chat, many times. What does Tammy Abraham do in big games? Nothing. Nothing. Missing. I'll be the first person to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I know you will. Scores I know. against fodder. Yeah. And like you said, it took Giroud two minutes to be on the pitch to create probably the biggest chance of the game. Yeah, I know. Which, if you know, he'd, if he'd probably, been on the game, if yeah. he'd been on the, the start, he'd have scored that. Yeah. 
And you could tell, like, like two or three minutes after he gave away. So, obviously, when he got put through on goal and tried to chip Maurice. wouldn't be surprised, right, if Giroud, if Giroud leaves in January. No, he's we... been disappointed. Jack Grealish, child boys, just scored for Villa, by the way. Oh, Jack Grealish. Yes, Ooh. the boy. Keep the agenda popping, Jack. Giroud leaves in January. I wouldn't be surprised if we went all out for an elite striker. What, like, hey, Watch it, watch well, it, no, because you... Werner, I think, like, go, I think go, Werner go, go, go. will play on the left. I think Werner prefers to play on the left. I agree. No, I'm joking. Yeah, he's better on the left. He's a better, better left winger than and he the, is. I'm, in front I'm, I'm so gutted that that goal was offside because the finish was ridiculous. What the um, what Werner's goal? I didn't see it. Oh, oh on, yeah. honestly, mate, honestly, it was, I heard it was. Saucer. It was an outrageous finish. The way that he, unfortunately, when it came to his feet, I thought this is either going out of play or he's putting it in the fucking side netting. And he just skinned the defender and fucking stuck it straight in the side netting. And I, I, I was stood up in the living room with Libby and was like, fucking hell, Corey, calm down. And I was like, no, I'm not calming down. This is sick. And then as soon as I seen the flag was up, I was like, this. Yeah. I know we're touching on Tommy Abraham, like, and Giroud's obviously been complaining about his. Lack of match play. Um, his minutes recently, and looks like he's probably going to try and force a move. They're not going to force him. I guess Chelsea probably won't get in the way of him when he's storm. But no, but um, this is the thing. I think I think Frank Lampard knows that Giroud probably does deserve to be playing. Yeah. But because I think he sees that, like Tammy Abraham, I agree that he's he's not up to it. But he still score you 15 goals. And I don't think Frank Lampard wants to lose that. Whereas, like, do you know what I mean? Whereas Giroud's 34, he knows he's coming to the end of his career. So is it to stun Tammy Abraham's growth over playing someone well, that's the only thing been is with, for the rest of the season? You have this cycle with Tammy Abraham, don't you? Yeah, he, he, he play. He, he gets dropped for, for a bit. And then when he comes oh, say, and then he'll get to a big game, he'll not, he'll not score. He won't. Yeah, because he can't, he, he can't do anything against good defenders. This is my point, and I've all, all ate up. Because yeah. he's, he's a long target man striker, whereas Giroud does. Giroud knows how to drop off players and like, sort of get around the back of people. Whereas Tammy Abraham will just be like, yeah, yeah, I'll go shoulder to shoulder with fucking Eric Dyer, and it will eventually it's not how no. you play ball. I think... Go on. It is what it is. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not going to say I'm happy with a point because I wanted the win. Obviously, in a, in a season like this, you got to take your chances I'd and take those three points. I'd rather take the point than I'd rather take the point than lose the yeah, lose three. Spurs. Yeah, exactly. Especially to Spurs, who were dangerously informed. So that's that. I mean, has anyone got anything? Well, else I, to I, I was going to say one thing actually. Yeah, I, um, Pulisic come on into. I'll say this before we move on. Pulisic come on into, and you was talking about how Werner should be playing as a left wing. I think that's probably his best position, even though people will think, "Well, he's a striker. Why is playing out in the left wing?" My problem is, I genuinely still believe your best player is is Pulisic. In my opinion, like it's well, form in the last right season. Wing. And his best position is left wing. So sometimes, I, mean, Fra- I know this is obviously going to be where Frank's going to be able to um, 
progress as oh, a manager. You know yeah, it, it's a good yeah. headache to have. I just think he's gonna. Ha- I think he's got to try and use Ziyech, Pulisic, and Werner you know from three uh, consistently. Well, this is a this is a bit of an out out there comment from me, but I'd genuinely play Havertz striker. Mm, yeah, he has played. Played there a few times. Right wing is definitely not where he should have played. I feel like he, I know honestly. I feel like the way that he played for Bayer Leverkusen, I don't feel like we should be using him as an eight at all because we're not going to get the best out of him. He can't get into them positions where he was best for Bayer Leverkusen, which is centre forward, cam striker in the middle of the pitch. But if he's playing as an eight, he's far too far. Back I thought the best. I thought the best I've seen of Chelsea this year was your Burnley away result when you had Kante. And then you had Matt and Mason, Matt and Hubbard. Yeah, two and I, I think that was probably your best, most best balanced midfield. Cool. I mean, your your ideal from three. Do you have Hazard, Werner, and who on the right? Hazard. Oh, sorry, uh, Hubbard. Sorry, Vern Hubbard, Werner, and Ziyech. Yeah, hmm. that's my ideal from three. I think I feel like with the way that Ziyech manipulates the ball with his left foot into the box, his crosses and that, and Reese James, Hubbard's scored bare headers it can bring balls down it can pluck balls out of the air so I just I feel like it should be maybe I don't know where, not I've not seen him play striker enough to think it but I feel like he could influence a game from striker more than Tammy see, it was good to see it was good to see Timo Werner play a bit better at the weekend because I mean in, in midweek it was a I mean we didn't, we didn't we didn't we didn't have a pod last week did we in the Champions League but we were creasing weren't we like that uh, how bad he was yo I'll be I'll be the first to admit when players stink and wild he was stinking. Yeah, that was that was bad. Like people, but people <laughs> it was bad word. People were really quick with the compilation, mate. The compilations yeah. were so like, good. He was I bad. Like, but, oh, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's good because because Werner's Werner's had a good start to the season. So long may it continue. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, that's enough about Chelsea and Spurs. I mean, the last game that we've got to touch on is. A big in six pointer. Context, one of the biggest games of the week. And it can and it can be and it can be summed up. No one really cares because they're both going down anyway, but Chef United are in deep, yeah. deep in a shit. As much as this Just game to put, meant to put, to put it politely. As much as this they game are meant fucking, they're pa- literally heading water, mate. Yeah, I mean, as much as this game... They're treading water you. with pyjamas. They're about to go fetch that rubber brick from the bottom of the pool. Um, yeah. I mean... They're not scared. Oh, well, <laughs> the folks there is some fucking river to them. I'm telling you, they... Fucking whole... Did Conor Gallagher getting his first goal? In it. The one and only goal in the game. The world Mateus Pereira, let me add, what a saucy guy. That's absolutely stinks of a mid-table bid, don't it? January. Sheffield missed some sitters. Absolute corkers. Well, this is what you. They they never been one for scoring lots of goals. I know, but them they were bad. They were like really bad. Fuck off. Fuck off again. That video you said was fucking killing it. I think, you know, we said on the pod last week, we were just like, you know, when it comes to Sheffield United, my thing, a lot of people were saying, oh, they're going to break Derby's record. And I said, well, do you know what? Let's give them a few weeks. 
but I, oh, I, I don't know. It's, I seen him the other day, and I just thought, God, they're not going to beat West Brom. You know, what's know. you know what's funny though? I could see probably like Chris Wilder doing a better job at Arsenal than Arteta. I mean, I, I actually could. Uh, Chris Wilder's football. If Chris Wilder had better players, yeah, I, I think probably be all right. But it's a reason that th- there's a reason why. And I mean, storms I, know that, but I, I got gassed by the, the first season, and I thought they were going to do six Hang this on, season. Storm, but when you storm, look at the team on paper, storm. it's a load of League One mercenaries. Can we have a second just to appreciate what you just said? If Chris Wilder had better players, what Chris Wilder doing the better? They'd be doing better. <laughs> oh, I've just gone full Mark Lowen, haven't I? Full <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark Lowen. Oh my god! <laughs> if Chris Wilder had better players, they'd be doing better. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but uh, this is what I mean. I'm saying that Chris Wilder is not a bad oh, manager. So- no, their team created chances where they got in the right position. But I'm trying to dig myself out of this hole here. If you've got Fucking McGoldrick and uh, Moose. We've got Sam Baldock running from right back, getting in front of goal and clanging it over the fucking bar. Then sometimes it's just not your day. Like I, said, I think he'll take away that they, they did create a lot more chances and the goal they conceded was from a set piece. Bar that, there wasn't really much that West Brom did. But it doesn't matter. Are you fucking playing games like that? You've got to take away three points. You've got yourself, you've got, got to go, give yourself momentum. Yeah, you've got to go for the jugular and Slavin Bilic. I think Slavin Bilic is a manager that probably knows how to win games like that too with his tenure yeah. at West Ham. But obviously, the teams that, that compared to what he had at West Ham, West Brom, they're, they're really fucking. I, I think, still, I think, I think one thing I've been impressed with there are there West Brom recently. I've, what I've because I think I've watched the last three games they've played. I think they've had Man U, haven't they? And they've had this game. I can't remember the other game I watched them as well, but... Well, they probably... But they, Spurs. They, Spurs, yeah. They deserve something. They deserve something. They've got some players on there that you think... They're quite decent. You know what I mean? They've got something about them where they'll... Like not flair, but like... They'll, they'll run at them. Do you know what I mean? They're like... They're, they're a bit fearless in that sense. I also with West Brom, I like their goalkeeper. I think he's yeah, got... Yeah, Johnson's a good player. And I know, I know you can... It's a bit... Reactionary because I've only really seen him play two or three times, but he played he played well again the other night. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was absolutely great against United. Yeah, um, and obviously, they, I think the big thing is with West Brom, they'll have because I feel like West Brom probably think that they can go places and score anyway. But they've got three against you, though. Four three against us, obviously, but. Clean sheets as well. I mean, they're few and far to come between against in a team that's in relegation scrap. Well, I think I think last week against Man United they probably should have got a clean sheet. Probably a nil nil would have been a fair result against them. But I think one nil against Man United would have been a fair result. Well, yeah, yeah. You're Yeah, you've gave some crop some props to fucking Man United this week, boys. By the way, well, yeah, yeah, we've gave them credit uh, where credits. Be- I forgot to mention as well. Um, I seen a tweet. Someone said. After the Cavani brace, who's the best goth to ever? Oh, play right. yeah, we've had a massive debate on Twitter. Um, where... oh, it's good I think Raj, 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 Thomas Rosicki was always like, 
like the yeah. known goth for me. When he also, you, you can tell Jan Collar's a goth. I know he's got no hair. You can yeah. tell. Actually, I read an interesting one. Apparently, Pat Nevin used to wear long oh, leather coats and wear eyeliner as well. Is. I that. He's, I hate him. You know, one thing I do want to say, I know obviously, you know, just going back a few minutes, someone made the, the, the point that, you know, if you have better players, you, you play better. Um, one thing I want to do sporadically over the year is just go through a couple of Storm's takes. And um, Cavani to score two goals in the season is well and truly <laughs> broken already. He scored two in the league, hasn't he? So he scored, scored, more, scored three. Scored three. I thought it was. I thought his third was in the Champions League. No, he scored. He scored one uh, against Everton. He scored two yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, he did score one against Everton. Well, well, no more than three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna. T- I'll was, I was say that's why you're on about. It. I genuinely can see him playing up front for the rest of the season. Yeah, you. Fucking ought to after that performance because Tony Marshall's got nothing about him. But yeah, that was what was so Sheffield United. They're in the muck, mate. Big muck. Yeah, they're up. They're up shit's creek. Yeah. That's the last game that we've got to touch on. However, we should probably touch on the Champions League fixtures. Yes, we will be doing a pod this week about it. We yeah, we've, got, we've, got a mid-week, we've got a midweek pod after the fixtures. Um, it does say that we touch on the games being played tonight, but obviously well, we've yeah. already touched I, on I them. Fulham have, had a, Fulham have had an absolutely humongous win Massive against Leicester. Shout out Brodge for being an absolute dosser, like we all Bottle know he job. really is. Bottle job. And uh, are West Ham still winning or is it 1 1? Oh, no, of course it's 1 1. Jack Grealish has scored. So that's how that's going. I mean, what, what are the Champions League fixtures? I've got them here. Go, go for him. Go on, Paul. Locomotive Moscow against Red Bull Salzburg on Tuesday. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk against Madrid. Madrid got bailed out, didn't they, with a win against Inter Milan? Yes. So they look like they're probably going to go through now. Atalanta versus Midtjylland. Big game in our group for Atalanta. Um, probably need a, they need to win three, get three points because they got a really good chance after beating us last week. Uh, Atletico Madrid against Bayern Munich, biggest probably game, biggest game of the week, I imagine. Uh, Brazil Martin Gladbach against Inter Milan, massive game. Another group. That'll be a good game. Uh, Porto versus Man City. Me, I think Man City yeah, basically. For I think Porto second. Uh, Liverpool, Ajax, big three, big point, uh, big game for us now. That's Anfield, yeah. It's a big game for us now after fucking up against Atalanta and Marcel Olympiacos. Me. Uh, moving on to Wednesday, we've got Krasnodar versus Ren. Is your group officially done yet or not, Storm? Uh, yeah, Chelsea and Sevilla. Yeah, they've done. Nice. Chelsea should be a three. Just a bit, this next game just decides really who's not. Uh, Istanbul, Istanbul against Leipzig. Big game for Leipzig after a loss against PSG last week. Uh, Brazil Dortmund versus Lazio. Um, I think both of them are going through comfortably, I believe. Uh, Bruges and Zenit, the other two. Um, Ferran, Shora, I don't know how to say the name, against Barcelona. They're all but through. So, Juve against Dynamo Kiev. And Man United, PSG. Probably the second biggest game of the week. Is that at Old Trafford? Old Trafford. Uh, if PSG win there, then it's sticky for Man United. But anything for anything above point there... Man United are basically through, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Seville Chelsea, which, like you said, both teams are through. So it's yeah, probably really yeah, that'll be a time. And probably both feel weak inside. Yeah. I think. I think by the end so, of this week's play, you'll see all the English clubs through. Yeah, de- I, I agree with that definitely. Yeah, yeah. I was in short. 
Who have Spurs got, but... <laughs> Who have Arsenal got? <laughs> I mean, we've had a big fucking... We've had a big oh, session talking about Arsenal and... Uh, you didn't ring up Harry, did doomed. you? doomed. No, I didn't ring up Harry. Bad evening, mate. Bad evening. I said they've got they've they've gone backwards though. This is what yeah, I've they've said. gone very backwards, man. Hard reverse. Screw But yeah, that's I think that's all we've 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 touched on everything. What about really? the end of the week? We've already oh, I've done, done that. You've already had it. Yeah, done that. Mate. Oh, go on, go through with me. Come on. Peter Shilton, obviously, getting his career ended. <laughs> hey, Gaz was telling me he made a name for it. Someone tweeted saying. There's no one else thought that he could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, we'll be, be back. Yeah, go on, Storm. Go on, yeah, go on. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be. We're going to be. Re- is it re- recording Thursday night? Yeah, back. So we'll have on the Friday. Out. We'll have it out on Friday for everyone. Yeah. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. I mean, we think it's gone really smooth and had a really nice, enjoyable time just chatting shit yeah. about the current. We've got ball. a fantastic host, haven't we? Aston. Yeah. Oh, I love videos by us. So I might have been a bit <laughs> if we got three points, but uh, mate, I'm beating 11. What can you fucking say? We're coming for that fucking title, man. I'm telling you now. Nah. Oh, somebody turn him off. Yeah, big up everyone for listening. If anyone's, if anyone's got any more feedback, to end the show, eh? <laughs> exactly. We've got to keep it fresh for the people, haven't we? Uh, and for uh, the yeah. Champions League app, we want your questions, so send them in, yeah? Yeah, we need your questions course, in, man. Of course, we need your questions. Sorry, I'm a fucking terrible host. You are, Bobby. <laughs> we need your questions because that's arguably, arguably the best part of the show. I mean, your lot's opinion matters to us, definitely. Uh, if you ever see anyone that works for FA, just tell them that they're scum. Yeah, and hopefully very wrong. soon. Very but soon, I'll, that, I might have an update from FIFA. Yeah, yeah we'll bring you... The, we'll bring you like, this is what I mean. The worms are pushing for content. We need FIFA, FIFA analysis, everyone in there. So big up for listening. We hope you've had a very enjoyable podcast this week. And we will see you again on Friday when the next UCL episode's out. Peace, Peace and good night. Safe.